0: previously on the duder podcast
1: you know beetle i'm nervous about this episode
0: me too
1: because, <laughs> well, because with boston on if the ratings go through the roof like ducky Freshes did god what are we gonna do and we're gonna and Antwerp's gonna be we're, taking over man <laughs> we're, we're gonna have to say fuck it and move to falling down the only people that speak poorly of me are the old girlfriends and their. <laughs> well, okay, that's only that's only two. So you're all right. Huh? <laughs> that was that was good. Take out Dougie's episode in Blues and we're horseshit. <laughs> we, we, we sucked on. <laughs>
2: Elvis probably has, no. has shit in his pants right now <laughs> I, You know what I just got
3: done pooping <laughs> 10 minutes ago <laughs> You think I heard
0: Ready I was born ready
2: I'm Ron Swanson
0: Are
4: you ready, ready? Hey yeah, thinking Tell us what to do you think you could tell us what to wear You think that you're better Well you better get ready Bow to the master
3: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages live from the Beats Lab at Studio 537. It's time for another installment of the Duder Podcast. The Beatettes are here. We've got Elvis LK and Dougie Fresh. We have got a fantastic episode planned for you tonight. We have reached the final four of the sports movie tournament. We will find out tonight which two movies will move on to the finals. Uh, no special guests tonight. We decided to just kind of do a beat in the beat. That's kind of just after our little hiatus. We can, uh, we can uh, just hang out with the, with the four of us, or I guess five. Curtis was unavailable tonight. Um, the fun thing we're going to do tonight is we will each give our baseball Mount Rushmore. So we just—that's uh, going to be a part of the ask the Bets segment. Um, it's going to provide a lot of lively discussion. I assume I'm probably going to get pretty well
1: trashed by the Bets uh, during that process. But like I said, <laughs> it's, well, the whole the thing is—it's about perspective, and there's really not a bad answer. It's what you think, and you know what—it is what it is. And unless somebody really goes out in left field with some knucklehead answer, like probably could. <laughs>
0: If anybody's going to come up with something, uh-huh. I'm shaking my head at it'll come out of Paul. Oh, whoa, whoa! Well, well, <laughs> well, well uh, I don't know about that. You know, we are we do have a Mets fan on board in here. So you know, if we start throwing out Lenny Dykstra, Mookie Wilson, Keith Hernandez. You know, I don't know about that.
2: Gary Carter. Gary Carter.
3: <laughs> wow. somebody's looks like Dougie. Dougie, you making a run for most valuable beat
0: at? <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, you know, it, here's the thing, guys, and I'm sure you guys probably came up with it. It was, was kind of difficult to, you know, come up with for, And I, I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit. But, man, it's <laughs> you start thinking about one guy, and then you start thinking about another guy, and it, it's – Tough. nearly impossible yeah for sure definitely <laughs>
2: you, you go from uh leon durham to man you know what jody davis was just as good wait a, <laughs> wait wait a second keith marlin was even better what wow. what about bob denier oh the <laughs> greatest center center fielder of all time <laughs> yeah so that, that's good stuff
3: <laughs> well as you can hear the guys have now started to chime in a little bit but it's good to be back after a week off very well deserved week off, I would say. Uh, it takes some time putting these episodes together, and I've I found lately I've been scurrying to get them around and get notes to the guys and get this thing put together. Um, so we weren't, we just weren't giving them the detail that they needed, but uh, I've uh, had my breather and we are now back with a vengeance. Yeah, this when is this is energized. a vengeance. yeah, definitely. I've been so excited all day. I've been just watching the clock. Is it, is it
1: time yet? Is it time yet? Is it time yet? Uh, when we well, started, I, I was at the lake all day, and uh, that's kind of rare for me. I'm not a big lake guy, but uh, stepson got a lake house, and I spent the day there. And I get my car to come home, being in a my phone for five hours. And Rob's right. It's two and a half hours before it's five thirty, and he's texting us. I'm ready to go. It's almost game time,
2: guys. It's two and a half hours away, and I'm like,
1: dude, dude, this dude is stoked.
2: He's
0: like, he, he was lathered up at four o'clock this afternoon, yeah. running laps. He's probably wearing the red bandana. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm guessing.
3: No, I'll tell you, I haven't wore the bandana. uh when, when I when we mowed the yard this week, it was it wasn't very sunny, so. um yeah, the bandana's still in the drawer. It's, it'll, it'll come out, though. It'll come out. <laughs> As I was saying, when we started this podcast, Curtis and I talked uh, about it being our first step towards building a multinational corporation. We're not quite there yet, but when Elvis can't go to a graduation party without being inundated with Beatle groupies, <laughs> I believe yeah. we're well on their way. <laughs> hey, Elvis, Elvis, you haven't been around yes. the whole time, but... I know listenership's gone up considerably since you joined the joined the pod. But how are you able to handle all this all this attention you're getting?
2: You know what? It, 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 the national exposure is pretty crazy. You know, I get my i I didn't even get out of my truck, and I hear beat that beat that beat that. And I looked at my daughter, and she started laughing, and she said, "Good goddamn, they do listen to you." <laughs> I go, oh, "Yeah,
1: I've got kills." <laughs> it's you know, step one it's step one to world domination boys and the best part about
2: it at the graduation party they brought the cake to me I didn't even have to ask for it they brought it right to me <laughs> utensil and all and a nice tasty uh, refreshment of bush light
1: see now you know how Doug Billman felt for like a full year now <laughs> yeah
0: I'd like to get to his level someday and it goes around comes around I guess you know <laughs>
3: Well, we gotta get, we gotta, we gotta really get get on, Dougie here, because I got a good feeling we're probably gonna start. His days are gonna be numbered with us here, probably pretty soon. Uh, We're gonna squeeze all we can out of him, kind of like Mrs. Billman does. uh, (laughs) Wow, Dougie, have you have you guys have you guys started your summer
0: workouts? I think you have, right? Yeah, we have actually. uh, You know, it was we started the first of June, and I mean our workouts have been great. Um, We've been. uh, this this week was our first week we've been able to do five-on-five five scrimmages, uh, inner squad um, We're hoping to hear in the next few weeks that we'll be able to do a little bit of uh, traveling and going and playing some different teams. Um, uh, that's supposed to be with phase three of Governor DeWine's opening up process. So we'll see. But it's been well, great. It's been really wonderful. good so far. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. You got know, hey, uh, you gonna invite us to practice anytime soon? Yeah, you guys might, <laughs> We we might need uh, we might need some extra bodies of scrimmage. You guys feel up to it? I'll be an in kinda... Antwerp, <laughs> an Antwerp Tuesday morning. What time's practice? Uh we go we go from eight to ten on Tuesday. Hey, Tuesday and Thursday. At the school? Yeah. Yep. I'll be I'll be there about nine thirty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I can only I can only do a half hour at a time. Time and that's right when our older guys are getting uh, pretty primed up there. So, Actually,
1: uh, it'll be ten minutes because it takes him twenty minutes to stretch.
0: Oh, I, <laughs> no,
2: the older I get, I, you just don't stretch; you just go right into it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just hurt
3: afterwards for four days. I've got an idea. Why don't Why don't the beatets suit up in a charity game against Doug Billman's starting five?
2: Oh. I love it. I love it. What happens if we beat him? <laughs>
3: well the problem here is that Doug... Was... I lose my job. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> Doug's gotta hey. make a Doug's gotta make a decision here. I is think he's playing be... with
2: us or them.
3: I think he's gotta play with us, otherwise
1: we can't suit up.
2: We definitely need a point guard. <laughs> That's right, I'll dish it. And I'm standing all I, all behind a three say, point line.
1: <laughs> all I can say about that plan is Curtis can guard landers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no, no. I called it.
1: I called it. You want, want you want injury. Jagger.
0: You want Jagger. I'll take him. I'll take we, him. I'll take we got him to
1: places de- he's never been before.
2: We got our <laughs> defensive stopper, Dennis <laughs> Scrotum Rodman.
0: Well, I'm, I'm a, I mean, if if that all works out, then I'll keep you in mind in the middle of the season when uh, you know Jagger's really getting getting beat around, and uh, we need we need somebody to practice with. I'm just bringing in Scrope.
2: Yep. We got to get, get better. We give me a little better. bit of time give me a little time. I,
0: I need to kind of start working out a little bit here so <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> well last episode and we're not gonna count the special episode that I threw in last week as a happy Father's Day tribute to my fellas um, but last last week's episode got us 71 plays. no way. the That's week, nice nice yeah, yeah for for being for being over two hours. Actually, it's at it's at seventy six now. Chicks, so, don't just, ch- chicks don't just dig the lawn, boy. Nope. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Um, total plays overall, we have we're we're over twelve hundred now. Uh, of so course, this is this is at twelve hundred and eight. Estimated audience size sixty
0: one. All right, that's uh I do have I do have a couple of my basketball guys that do listen um, uh okay, you know our our point guard Luke Krauss who's uh just one one phenomenal kid He He likes to hop on and listen to see what we're talking about. So I'm sure he'll be you call him a, okay? I I don't I should though, but uh, there's only one okay. Yeah. That's true. i yeah. say I've got some uh
1: copyright <laughs> privileges to <of> that. <laughs>
0: But I do know, I do know Luke is uh, a big baseball guy. So, uh, you know, actually just signed on with uh, Bowling Green. Uh, but he's, uh, yeah, he just signed on with BG. I saw but... that impressive as a sophomore. Yeah, player. I did see that too. Yeah. Now he's he's a
2: pitcher, correct?
0: Yeah, great young man. But uh, he would be he he would be all about this uh, this baseball Mount Rushmore uh, conversation. So I'm sure he's going to be tuning into this. Well, what's his favorite? What's his favorite team? He's a cubby. He he likes the Cubs. Of course, course he does. <laughs> yeah. Of yep.
2: I I do got another thing. Maybe he could pitch us some balls sometime. Oh yeah. We'd go yeah, down he... to the, we'd go down to the old school softball field mm-hmm. in town and put some hit some hit some, hit some over the two hundred sixty three foot uh,
1: fence there.
0: Fence over there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Maybe hit a house or. Maybe. Speak for,
1: speak maybe for yourself. I'll be laying down bunts. You know
2: you know what?
3: I would really like to talk to him and when,
2: when Scroat's up there, maybe give him a little chin music here and there.
3: <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm all t- i is- t- he a lefty? He is a lefty, yeah. Oh, he is a lefty. Man. I'm gonna have to pay Scrot. attention to the schedule. If you guys are over here at Fairview, I might have to go check it out. Because yeah, it, I like watching lefties I like stand behind the I stand, I stand right stand right behind it at the Fairview f- Field. I stand right behind the, the umpire. Well, okay. behind the fence there, but yeah, it's, it's I love watching lefties throw.
1: Rob yeah, wears he, his Mets hat and has a, uh, what do a, call radar, uh, a, a radar gun. <laughs> a radar gun with aiming. People say, "Dude, you with the Mets?" is like, "Yeah, I scout this area for the Mets." I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> That'd
3: be funny. Um, so that was last episode. If any, if anybody's caring, um, the Doug Billman Dave Blue battle. For supremacy um, is sitting at Dougie at one oh three and Blue at ninety six. Oh baby! Wow! Whoo!
0: That's tightening up. Hey, I was just ha- I'm just happy to hit the century mark. I, you are. You know, I, I, I'm just happy I'm, to get there.
2: I'm proud of that.
3: <laughs> never satisfied, Dougie. Never satisfied. I, that's great point. Great point. We did have one review uh, from our from last episode, and I will read it. I was raised to, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything. Positive, superb level of douchiness with Boston added. But I have not always followed the advice of those smarter than I. Scroat, as originator, creator of the podcast, how can you dick up the technology and not get Tim on? Then maybe your level of douchiness may have peaked. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's got to be from dab
3: that's, that's got to be blue boy that's beat emeritus david blue <laughs> five
2: um, middle finger
0: the five middle finger talk about a loyal listener yes sir and i could see you know hopefully as we get through with this one here uh i think there could be some opinions that could be added hopefully uh to our conversation about the, the Mount, Mount Rushmore topic because there's lots of different opinions here. So oh, yeah. be excited to see what we hear from that.
3: Well, let's go ahead and, and get into it. I'm really excited about this session of Ask the Beat Um Folks, listeners, please feel free to submit anything you want for these guys to answer. Um, we're not getting any, any listener response from this. So, uh, Elvis, you're going to have to go off the charts with your – with your Mount Rushmore here to get the listeners to to get involved. (laughs) I I, kind of got two of them. (laughs) Well, I got to tell you that I am impressed with you guys because you guys are coming up with all the content. I'm just putting it together. You guys are the brains behind the
0: operation now. It's just interesting topic and it's interesting conversation. I thought bring up some good stuff.
3: So tonight's topic is the Mount as stated, the Mount Rushmore, our own Mount Rushmore baseball. We each have we each picked our own four guys. Now, fellas, here's how I want to do this. You can you can name it, name your first one and talk about why. But before you do your you state your list, I'd like to know whether how how you did yours. Did you do it by the greatest players? Did you do it by the players you liked the most personally? Um so We'll start with elvis okay uh my my first one's a little the off the
2: charter for my cubs this is uh no particular order now elvis how did how but, did you, uh, how did you come up with your list i I did this through uh who I like the most out throughout the years um so it's
3: like your favorite players
2: yeah, one player i never seen play, but the other three I have. So, my first one on my, my Cubs at Mount Rushmore would be Ernie Banks. One of the best uh, shortstops, first baseman's ever. I think he had 514 career home runs. Had a fielding percentage of 988, I think. And it was like 994 at first base. Oh, wow. So, he was, a, uh, he was all around good fielding and hitting. Uh, Harry Carey would be my second one on the Mount Rushmore of the Cubbies. Oh wow! Sick, Just because Budweiser. <laughs> uh, Ryan Sandberg, because I think he evolutionized the second base. Him and him and Joe Morgan, I think, are the top two second basemen's ever. And for a present day guy, I'm gonna go Javier Baez. Oh. Huh. Just because I think,
3: I think he's so exciting to watch. Elvis, where's but he? But to get in the mo- where's he at in his contract? Is he out of he? Has he hit arbitration? This
2: yet? is a, this. This will be his last year. His last
3: year of until he hits arbitration, or this is and then he becomes he, a free agent.
2: This this will be his this will be his last year of his rookie deal. Next year will be arbitration. Gotcha.
3: Him, Rizzo, and Brian I think, are all next for year. the first time. They're all just out no, the, they're all free agents.
2: No, they'll they'll do the arbitration stuff. Oh, okay, and, gotcha. But okay, now we'll we'll get on to my we'll, we'll get on to my real Mount Rushmore. Unless you guys want to comment anything. I was just
0: going to ask you, you know, being the Cubby guy that you are, um, how's come you know having Ryan Sandberg on there? How's come they never gave Sandberg a shot at uh, being that being taking that manager job over?
2: I don't I don't really know. you know, right. you know i I don't know if him quitting during the season and what was that 94 I think he quit 94 and 95 and he came back and I, I don't know if that put a sour taste in their mouth but there's something there I, I just
0: feel like there's something but there.
2: then yeah because then I don't know if because we got new the Rickets own it now and they're lifelong Cubs fans so I don't know if that yeah I, I really don't know mm.
0: Yeah, interesting. It's just he's he's a guy that's in the, in that position. And he's one of the yeah. you know the greatest Cubs of that, all time. I don't know if he wants to do it anymore. Either True. too. Yep. Yep.
3: I mean, he didn't have a very good experience when he was managing the Phillies.
0: Correct.
3: No. No.
2: No. And he uh, he. I think he's more. I think he's more happy being away from baseball and this coming because I think he does spring training with the Cubs. He does. He's like a special. Like a a roving
3: instructor or something like that?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's just what he enjoys, just doing it here and there now. Elvis. Uh,
1: Is Steve Stone still?
2: uh, He is a White Sox guy. Okay. Oh, really?
1: Really? Across town. He used to be at the Cubs, didn't he?
2: He Mm-hmm. I think he he did that for 11 years with the Cubs.
3: Hmm. Because he was with Harry for a long time, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, I, I think there was a big fallout between the Cubs and the and him because he doesn't talk too kindly to the Cubs anymore. Wow! When he's talking, because I I listen to uh, six seventy the score out of Chicago and and when he's talking White Sox baseball, he, you know, of course it's number one for him. And then when they say something about the Cubs, it's always he's pretty sour about them. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. But my first Mount Rushmore, um, I went from nineteen eighty to. 1990 basically basically because that is when i you know started watching baseball fell in love with it and me personally i love baseball and these these four guys are who i kind of
1: admired i think us they, i think us four were fortunate enough to grow up where from the 20s to About early '90s, baseball was America's game. We, you, 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 there's no disagreement there. Oh yeah, that's when us, when us, uh, four were kids. Yeah, yeah, and it's obviously gone by the wayside. I think it's behind both football and basketball now. It's not like it used to be, but anyway, yeah, uh, I agree. That was a big deal for all of us forever, and collecting baseball cards and. Watching games, and oh, yeah. knowing everybody's numbers, and hell, we could all recite three-fourths of the team starting lineups, and yeah. I loved it uh, growing up when baseball Good. was truly America's game.
2: And my favorite, my favorite pastime as a kid was getting five bucks and running out to Jack Shocks and see what the heck I could buy. <laughs> exactly oh yeah <laughs> you
3: know,
2: and it didn't matter if jack was open or not he'd always open the door for you and,
1: yep yep let me open
2: let me open up we'll get you some cards when i was yep. a little and I he was a little
1: boy used to mow my grandfather's yard and at that time he had a house the old feed mill now the old feed mill is where it was where uh dollar general is now yeah and the shell station was where it was then and I'd already give me money, and I head straight to the shell station to buy baseball cards, and I come back to his place waiting for Dad to come pick me up, and Grandpa'd be shaking his head about why well, I don't know why you got to spend your money on that stuff. <laughs> but I couldn't get there fast enough, so I hear you loud and clear. Yeah, nervous.
2: my my uh, just being a kid and what talking about Jack. My dad was always my coach in Pee Wee League, Little League, and. Every year he would give me have me write on a piece of paper what rookie card I wanted to get because every home run I got he'd get me a, whatever rookie card was was he'd go from the bottom to the top say say i did twenty twenty guys, and number one was the very, the best one that I wanted, and that got too expensive for him <laughs> <laughs> and then uh my eleven and twelve year old year he'd only he would only do that if I hit grand slams, <laughs> which he kind of got out of that pretty easy, but well, I'll get on to my Mount Rushmore. I went from the eighties to the nineties. My first guy that I picked, I'll go ahead and see if you guys can guess this. He was a uh three twenty seven average from 1982 to 1989. He had a, uh, Thirty one hundred and forty one
3: career hits. Tony Gwynn. You're
2: correct. I just
1: thinking. you beat me to it, Scro.
3: He uh, could be the lag lens. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what I, what I think what I think is pretty amazing about Tony Gwynn is he had over ninety two hundred at bats and struck out only four hundred and thirty four times.
1: Insanity.
0: It, it, and, absolutely unbelievable. And he was uh,
2: he had two hundred hits and five. Out of those, out of those ten years, he had two hundred hits in five of those years. You know, Sean, he, Sean uh,
1: Bergman played with him.
2: Yes, he did. And another cool thing I thought about Mr. Padre was uh, not only was he a great baseball player, he was a great basketball player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at San, De- at San Diego State. Yep. And I think I think I read that he still owns five career records for assists. Of different, I think assists in a season, overall assists, and assists per game at San Diego State he still owns all those records.
1: That's pretty wild because he wasn't very big.
2: No, five eleven, and I'm sure he was. And I it, John- and I think that they they kind of jimmied him on his on his weight because it said 225 pounds, but I think he was pushing about two sixty or two seventy. Okay, yeah. maybe in his rookie
3: year he was two ten. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. And one one other thing that was kind of funny that you don't really think about him. He was a hell of a base dealer for like his first four or five years. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. That, that would be my first one. My second one, he played from 1982 to, well, I mean, I'm sorry. He was a rookie in 1982 to 1988. He was a rookie in 82. He was rookie of the year. He was an MVP in 1983 He's a seven-time All Star in those ten years and a five-time Silver Slugger Award winner. He has the most home runs by an All Star. I am sorry, most home runs by a shortstop Cal Ripken ever. Ripken, you are wrong. You are both. It'd be Cal Ripken Junior. Ah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I I I liked him because he's a big guy. Who was it? I Cal? played short. Cal, Cal Ripken, oh. yeah, you just said you said Cal Ripken. that would be his dad.
0: This is Cal Ripken Jr. <laughs> all, right, ju- all
2: right,
3: all right, Jr. You keep going.
2: <laughs> no, I I, I just like I played shortstop growing up. He was a big guy. He was six four, two hundred and fifteen pounds, and I he was he was just a guy that I admired a lot because he was, I think, he had a he was a nine ninety fielder or higher every year.
0: The only one, one, Golden Glove,
2: which I think was a crime.
0: Boston will love that one. Boston's a Boston's a big Orioles fan.
2: Yeah. Well, that, that's that's why I picked it because I knew old B Dub was a big, big uh, Oriole fan. Yeah, yeah. The uh, and another cool thing, his dad managed him. His brother and him were in the lineup, and that was the first time ever in 1987 that. They ever had three siblings or three people of the same family on the field at one time.
0: Cool. I obviously, thought that was pretty neat. Obviously, his consecutive game streak was 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 pretty tremendous. That was that was a cool yes. thing too. So, yeah, that's a good one. And that, that was another thing that I admired about him because growing right? up, my
2: you know my dad always my dad never took a freaking day off of work, and that's how this guy was, and that's kind of how I. I go throughout, I don't ever take a day off of work unless I take care or whatever. And that's kind of how I go through my life. I'm, I'm just like I'm That's cool.
1: My next one. Thank God you weren't a Mickey Mantle fan. You'd be drunk right now. <laughs> <laughs> my
2: next one played from 1984. Or I'm sorry, his rookie year was 1984. He was a pitcher. He averaged seventeen wins. His uh, in that decade, his average or his ERA was two seventy one. Maddox? No, he was a he was a very big strikeout pitcher.
1: Nolan uh, Ryan. Right. He led. The, Randy Johnson. He led.
2: The, he, nope, he led the league in nineteen eighty four. Fernando with two hundred seventy six. No, lefty or righty? He. Uh, he is a righty.
0: Roger Clemens. He was a
2: 1985 Cy Young winner. Doc Gooden. Doc Gooden scrotum. I cannot believe you didn't
3: get that. I the doctor because I because to me it was obvious that you would not put him on yours.
2: <laughs> <laughs> See, going through this whole thing, I'm like, okay, I was gonna I was gonna do three hitters and one pitcher, or three three fielders and one. But I was like, God, that guy was just so dominant. And that was from 84 to 1989, he was so dominant. You know, he was a guy that nobody wanted to, you know, the, the hitters, hate, I imagine, hated facing him all the time. Because, hell, he had a one,
3: 151 ERA in 85, His, which is he, crazy. He had an Uncle Charlie that just rolled off the table. Oh yeah. I mean, for a right-handed guy, you you expect to see more of like a like a slider almost. But with Doc, he just had this overhand hook. It was incredible, incredible to watch.
2: Yeah. And the the thing about the 80s compared to now is how much different the innings innings pitched per year is. <laughs> yeah. You know, cuz he averaged <laughs> 276 innings pitched in 84, 85 and 86. Wow. And that's just crazy. You know, and the complete games is another thing that he averaged nine a year in those, in those years. And he had 19 shutouts in those six years that he was in the 80s pitching. He was 86 world, Yeah, 86 World Series champ. Mr. Cocaine Dwight Gooden. So, sorry,
3: had he had he not gotten into the nose candy, he probably he might they, they, they probably actually they, they may have been back to the World Series in '88 because yeah. that team I think was better than the '86 team talent wise. The '86 team had a lot of just bad motherfuckers on it. I mean, they really did. <laughs> I knew, now, I knew this, would, this, would, this would wake a scrotum up. I have read... <laughs> I, I'll read any book. Any book. If, if Ron Darling writes a book, I'm going to read it. And he talks about how big of a badass Kevin Mitchell was because he was a rookie with the Mets in 86. Kevin Mitchell was a son of a bitch.
0: Yeah. He was yes. just a
3: mean fucker. And he would... I mean, he was gangster almost. I mean, that's, that's what he was. <laughs> All right, Elvis, what's your next one, bud? All right, my last one.
2: He uh, was a rookie in 1984, and he averaged 16 wins a year. He averaged 10 complete games a year. Oh, boy. Innings pitched, 230 innings, five straight years. He is a three-time All-Star, one Cy Young. And this guy was not totally overpowering but he would be a game seven guy that I'd pick him or Dwight. Those, those are the, my top two guys in that, in the, that decade. Maddox. No, damn it. I was going to say the mad dog. He, uh, this is going to, this is going to give it away, but his nickname was the Bulldog. No, oral
0: hersheiser,
2: oral hersheiser. BG alum. I just, BGSU. I, yeah,
0: BGSU. Yep. I, I, I I had
2: to do a little bit of Ohio for this. All right, D- that uh, that that's my Mount Rushmore: Oral, Dwight, Tony Gwynn, and Cal Ripken Jr. That's an interesting
3: pick from you, Elvis. I mean,
2: uh, I never no 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 Cubs, and I I I just wanted to those the the first two Tony Gwynn and Cal Ripken are two of the guys that I. I love to watch throughout, you know, this not in the 80s, throughout the (laughs) 90s. Because, hell, I think Tony's, in the 90s, Tony's, Tony Gwynn's uh, averages, hell, they were 345, 354, 390, 394. He struck out, he struck out 373.
3: Something like he struck out in his career less times than, than Giancarlo Stanton struck out
0: in one year. Yeah. He's, yeah. Career hit, career hitter three thirty eight man he was just phenomenal yeah just unbelievable
2: unbelievable I, I loved him he was kind of a chubby guy just, he could just rake man but the dude
3: could see ball hit ball <laughs> all right yeah, that, that was that was that was pretty good Elvis that was really good okay what do you Thank what you. do
1: you got buddy well mine's a combo of favorite and best that I've seen play. <laughs> And I would start by saying the greatest baseball player ever is Babe Ruth. I'll argue that to the end of time. And I love it when people say, well, how would he and some of those guys do in today's game? Well, I like to turn that around and say, how would today's players do in the game in the 30s, 40s, and 50s when they played all-day games? They wore hellacious... Wool, uniforms. Yeah. they traveled by train, they played true double headers at 1 o'clock and maybe take 30 minutes and play the second game, and you go into the locker after the game, they don't have a spread of food for them, and they're just more pampered like today's players, so I'd like to just turn that around when people say they couldn't do it in today's game and say, well, let's see today's players do what those guys had to
0: go through. That's a great perspective. I mean, that is uh, because you do hear that a lot. And, but then flip it around and, and uh, you know, all those things that um, some of these players are used to nowadays, they're not there, you know. So, and I've never, I, ever heard anybody flip it around like that. I mean, right?
1: I, it's okay, I have my dad's uh, glove played for in 48, 49, 50, and 51. The gloves they wore, the equipment they had in them days, dad's glove, has five ridiculously fat fingers. <laughs> there's no there's no webbing of any kind, and the pocket literally is the size for a baseball to fit in. There's one way to catch a ball, and that's right in the pocket where there's no padding. I mean, men were men in them days with what they meant to yeah. play ball,
2: and you had to actually catch the ball then. Yep.
1: Anyway, get in front of it catch up. anyways, I wanted to throw that out there, but uh so babe doesn't count he he built Mount Rushmore um, <laughs> My first sports hero, and these four are in no specific order, but my first sports hero was a guy that come from the sand lots of Baltimore, Maryland, debuted in nineteen fifty three for the Detroit Tigers. Number six, Al Kaline. Mr. Number six, Mr. Tiger Al Kaline. I was right. Who played 22 seasons, 18 time All Star, 297 career hitter, 399 career home runs, um, threw people out left and right from right field, and a gentleman who, to this day, he passed away in April. And he would go to Tiger or uh, spring training every year down in Lakeland with the Tigers. And I'm seeing all these people on Twitter and the great newspapers of ex-players, current players. They all called him Mr. Kaline. That's how much respect that uh, they had for him. And he was just a kind soul and a superstar. And I know he was, he wasn't accepted in 53. He's 18 years old, straight to the bigs. His second year, he said, is when he finally become respected. And they said, why? And he goes, well, I won the batting title that year. So they kind of liked me being on their team. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Number two is the hammer. Hammer and Hank Aaron, who I think, Never, ever received his credit, even though he's considered one of the greatest of all time. But uh, Hank Aaron, phenomenal. Maybe the true home run king, depending on how you want to look at it. We don't need to get into all that. but uh, Certainly. Another will. fantastic will. guy, a gentleman, and a superstar in my, the era of my youth. Uh, my third one is going to be the greatest leadoff hitter in the history of the game. Bobby DeNiro, with a lot of, <laughs> a lot of flair and a lot of flash. All, you, Ricky, those, Ricky all-time, Henderson, all-time leader, I think, in steals, all-time and yes. in, in lead-off home runs. None other than, Ricky Henderson, uh-huh, the self, Ricky. the self,
3: the self-proclaimed greatest mm-hmm. of all time.
2: Yep, I just love. Hey, ways can you
1: can you do his voice? I can't do his voice, but. Come on. He, or, he, he would always refer to himself during interviews as Ricky. He always talked to the third yes, person. Assistant third letters. person. <laughs> you talk about having <laughs> confidence. But he had supreme game, and I just loved watching him play. And then my last one is, from my perspective, from my personal thought, the best player I ever seen play is uh, Pete Rose. Um, watched him win World Series with the Reds a decade later watching win a world series with the Phillies and he was pretty much the leader on both teams playing first base by the time he got to Philadelphia. But I think he played four or five positions for the Reds during this time there and was an all-star at a handful of different positions. Charlie hustle himself. There he
2: is. It's hard to argue with. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm wondering, do you guys remember when we were kids I it might have been on like Nickelodeon or something but it had all the oh, oh like heck Jimmy Fox, Al K Line Hank Aaron. They had a home run derby. It was a home run derby? Mhm. Is that do you guys remember watching that? Absolutely. Yeah, that was cool. Absolutely, yeah. yes.
0: Cuz that was always in black and white. I always thought that was pretty neat. And I, remember, yeah. I believe you are right. I think it was like on Nickelodeon or
3: something. It was, yeah. It was That
2: that's that's where I
3: started, you know, Noticing all the old guys,
0: yeah. Elvis, Elvis,
3: I thought when you said Nickelodeon, I thought you were gonna throw out a baseball bunch reference.
0: Baseball bunch, (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was coming too.
3: I was like, wait a minute, that's
0: Johnny Bench,
2: (laughs) maybe the greatest
1: catcher of all time. Definitely in the argument, yeah.
2: Wow, Jody Davis, Jesus (laughs) (laughs) Christ.
1: Kayline,
0: Aaron, Rose, and Ricky.
3: That's that's a, I like
0: that. We that's good. That's a good, good force in there. That's a
3: tough. And this was difficult. I, I mean, I did. I, I, ch- I'll, I talked to Elvis earlier. I told him I changed mine. I had a. I had to. I subbed somebody in for somebody just because I forgot that person played. We can all talk <laughs> about twenty more people. That yeah, oh, for
0: sure. Yeah, yeah.
3: That's why I thought this was going to be incredible. Because how many baseball players? How many good? Great baseball players are out that have came through uh, that we've all seen. Um yeah. All right, Dougie, what you got, man?
0: All right, guys. Uh pretty good so far. Um uh, and you know, here's kind of how, how I thought about this. Um, uh, because I, you know, you know, you know, tagging off LK there a little bit because if you I think we all could throw in Babe Ruth, we could throw Mickey Mantle into those those conversations, Pete Rose into those conversations. I, I kind of went with a little bit uh you know uh, that was trans uh, a little bit transcendent of baseball for me, um, a, as far as um, you know, maybe changing the game a little bit. And, and when I say that, just uh, just how the perspective of the game of, of one of the guys that I picked, and also uh, another, you know, just how they performed and they carried themselves as major leaguers. I, I think um, was kind of mine and not trendsetters. Yeah, and, and and as far as uh, and, and they were obviously very, very good baseball players as well. So uh, I'll start off the first one um, because he's already been said. Um, uh, Elvis had him, uh, and, and in my opinion, you know, the greatest hitter. I know he does, he's not the all-time hit king, but the greatest hitter of all time, Tony Gwynn, um, just how he did it. I mean, a single is a single, and he's going to take a single every time. Doesn't make any difference. He's on base, you know. Yeah, and, you know, a career three thirty eight hitter um and everything that he did he played you know he played in one organization his entire career um you know so um you know when I when I think about hitting that's who I think about I think about Tony Gwynn and uh, um you know when I when I started thinking about this he was the first one that popped into my mind that he's got to be on there he's got to be talked about um and just a great individual too so he's my first uh second Second, um, this guy, and um, it, it, I, I, could just tell, I can tell you one stat, and you guys should be able to get to seven no-hitters. Nolan Ryan? Nolan Ryan. Nolan. Um, was was my... 24 years old on his last one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, guys, uh, you know, as, as I was doing some research and reading, on it, and I had heard this before, but I forgot about it. He had 12 one-hitters. How about that? He had 12 one-hitters, and then he also had, you know, he had like maybe, I think I saw like 10 three-hitters or something to that nature as well. So, you know, he's working deep in the games all the time. And, you know, with, uh, with the way that he pitched, he was such a competitor. Man, he was such, yeah. a, he was such a competitor, and he's going to challenge guys left and right no matter if he's 40 or if he's, you know, 29.
2: Hey, And one more thing, Dougie. The funny thing is,
0: I had him on my Mount
2: Rushmore first, yeah. Also, but I changed him. <clears throat> he also whipped Robin Ventura's ass. At the <laughs> age of Forty-five. Yes, he
3: did. I, think. Hey, I was. Gonna, I mean, I was going to
2: bring I mean, that up. I saw, fucking, a, I saw. a meme. He had him in a headlock with six punches to the nose before Robin Ventura even knew what the hell. Elvis, I saw yeah. a
3: meme. I saw a meme on Facebook the other day, and it said that that <laughs> Robin Ventura is. Uh, petitioning the Rangers to take down his statue because it reminds him of the time he got his ass kicked. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And that is, that was wonderful. Hey, quick little story about that. And um, I, I remember uh, Nolan's six, no hitter because um, he threw another one after against the blue Jays was his last one, but his sixth one was against Oakland. And that was going to set the record. And I'm watching that game with my stepdad. Um, and I'm like, you know, there's there's no way. I, I think I end up going to bed like the fifth or sixth inning. I said, there's no way he's going to continue this. And I told my stepdad as I said, if he if he throws another no no tonight, he's the greatest of all time. And I wake up in the morning of uh, the next day. My stepdad had gone to work, and he said, and all it was was G O A T. I said, no way. He- <laughs> He threw another no-no. I just couldn't believe it. And then, you know, he followed that up with a seventh, you know, a little, uh, couple years later. So that's just kind of a cool story whenever I think about that. Unreal. Um, so I, so Nolan was uh, number two for me. Um, third one is, is, you know, when you're talking about pitchers, completely on the other side of, uh, of a Nolan Ryan uh, thought with a pitcher, um, one of the greatest control pitchers of all time. Um, a cubby and a brave um, you know and then uh, that's obviously where he made his headway um, and I just think of him and the way he did it um, I blur paint in the corners I blurred
1: earlier didn't I yes you did yes, oh you yes. want oh
0: you yeah. want us
3: to guess well you can you can I, oh okay sorry I didn't know
2: so I've got hey, to Doug, yeah Doug, was this uh was this with his mustache or non-mustache <laughs> on Mount Rushmore,
0: non-mustache, non-mustache. <laughs> he was making he was, when he was making his head, He didn't have the mustache, so uh, <laughs> no. But you know the way Greg Maddox pitched, man, it was. You know he's going to change you up. He's going to he's going to throw eighty-five miles an hour. He's going to paint a corner, and you can't hit him, or you're going to ground it back to the pitcher. I think. You know, you know, he. I don't want to get
1: crazy. He might have had a couple of the games where he only threw like seventy-eight, nine pitches.
0: Yeah, that unbelievable. Yeah, I,
1: that might be a reach on my part, but I know he threw several where he threw eighty some pitches. I mean, that's that's less obviously less than ten an inning, and uh, yeah, and he had no no super one or two pitch. He he was just a pitcher and a manager on the mound, and nobody could hit him. Yeah, he just. And uh, like-
2: <laughs> And the other thing is, when he was first with the Cubs, he was throwing mid nineties. Yeah, and he changed everything up, and that—that's another thing that's pretty amazing that he can change it up, you know, mid career,
0: and be it, just as dominant. You know, and and when I was growing up, the the Cubs and the Braves were were on TV the most yep. on WGN yeah. and on on uh, TBS. They were on the most, so you got to see him. But I, I loved to watch him work. I mean, he he never got. He never got too excited. He was very even keeled out there. He was always in control. Um and And, and he, he never never hardly sweat. I mean, well, because he was so he was so efficient. He was so yeah, efficient, you know, he was just so so efficient. I just the way he worked the game was I mean, he pitched. He he didn't just throw. He so st- he was he stayed on the rubber. You know, he
1: wasn't walking around. He'd get the ball back from the catcher and he's ready to go. He had rhythm.
3: Yeah. And so uh, and Greg Maddox will forever be. Uh in one of the best commercials that I've seen is the him and Tom Glavin and the chicks dig the long ball commercial. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, I, as I was doing, I was reading a little bit about this, uh, doing a little. Research, he, you know, he won like eighteen, he won like eighteen gold gloves or something to that nature too. So he fielded well yes. at, his, at his position. So he he was uh, uh, did about everything. So there and. He, and I- and I think he is a zero handicap golfer. True, him and him and Smoltz used to have some good uh, matches. Yeah, we you talking yeah. about it. So DP um, has
1: DP has Smoltz on during the baseball season a handful of times, and the conversation always goes to Smoltz telling stories about Glavin and Maddox, and they're just great stories.
0: I how can about, imagine all those that, guys together. How about that pitching staff? I can't believe it yeah. didn't win yeah. more all those guys together, that would have been, um, you know, the, to learn from those guys, that'd be pretty phenomenal. Yep. So I got those three and, um, the last one, uh, this is kind of what I talk about with, uh, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, a transcendent type of player. Um, you know, he, he, uh, you know, in my eyes, you know, first started to bring a little bit of flash to the game a little bit, um, but you ever you always watch him. He was always smiling, always having fun. Everything that he did, um, it, and he's. It, did, I think somebody just whispered it. He played for. Uh, the, did he play for the Cardinals? <laughs> did not. No, play for, no. Did not play for the Cardinals. He was. A, he was. A Hat mar- backwards. He was. A, he was a Mariner in the red. Okay. Um, okay. He, so was his dad. Of, yeah, one of the first players to you know you know get into the little bit with the apparel. Uh, with major league Baseball cause he had his own shoe line and everything. Um, you know, and obviously he, he hit over 600 home runs, uh, could flat out play center field, Cincinnati, um, Cincinnati molar. Yeah. He's a, he's an Ohio kid, um, brought his kids back to go to school in Ohio. It was one of the big reasons why he wanted to go back to Cincinnati. Um, but, uh, Griff, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Just, he was one of my favorite guys to watch play. You didn't get to see him much when he was in Seattle other than then, uh, you know national televised games but uh how smooth was um, that stroke oh uh, just you know a sweet swing um you know he you know, he could run a little bit too obviously but you know played all played all levels of the game pretty well um and you know i he's one that uh you know he was certainly you know in my time was one that uh we i love watching him play just everything he did because he was having fun he was enjoying himself
2: yep his smile yeah that was that's a, you can never forget that
0: yep so my Smile, four, loving it. My four are Gwen Maddox, uh, Nolan Ryan, and Ken Griffey Jr. And I had you know, nice I, I had some guys there there that that I talked about, uh, that I thought about. Um, that some of you guys had tossed around there a little bit before too. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's so many guys that you can think about, but I want those are the four choices.
1: I want to throw a name out there that I thought about on uh, as I was mowing my yard the other day, and I thought I want to talk about him. Total five tool player, then he
0: screwed up.
1: But I'm telling you, straight up, Barry Bonds was a, was a bitch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He
1: was a five tool superstar. Um, and then, as we all know, the tide turned and it was just stupid. His head. He, got, was,
0: he was good. He
1: was, uh, before he got into the steroids and all that, total superstar. Look up how many times he was uh, intentionally walked in a season, and how many times he was intentionally walked with the bases loaded. It's it's insane. Well, I yeah, think but I do. I, go ahead, I up. think before you get too much into him,
3: you may want to hear my Mount Rushmore.
1: At a boy. All right,
2: <laughs> all right. I I, I do got to say something about Bonds when he did. What was it? How many hit seventy three? That mm-hmm. one here. It still is must-watch TV, whatever you were doing at that time. Yeah. yeah. It was still – is this dude going to absolutely mash it? And it, steroids or not, you still got to be able to hit the ball.
0: You know, here a quick little story. Boston, uh, Boston and I, uh, we were uh, fortunate enough to see a game, uh, a Giants-Baltimore uh, game at Camden Yards. Awesome. It was a great day. So, we – the night before they get rained out. So they're going to play a doubleheader, you know, interleague play. So they're going to play a doubleheader on Saturday. So we were able to get tickets to both games on that day. So the first game, Rafi Palmero hits a home run. So we're thinking, oh, my gosh, we're going to see a guy who's had over 500 home runs in his career. He, you know, he hits a home run. Bonds gets walked like six – intentionally walked six times during the doubleheader. So he was on base all the time. <laughs> but we did really get a, get a chance to see him swing the bat. So, but it was really cool to see that. Um um but it was it was during that time when Bonds was getting walked a bunch. Yeah. Okay, Scro. We All
3: right. We're at, we're,
1: we're ready for you, big boy. All right.
3: Like Elvis, I did my Mount Rushmore my favorite team. Um and I also did you know, my favorite players. So, uh, so obviously I'm a Mets fan. So I started, and this one was, this was actually harder than the regular Mount Rushmore, um, because the first two were my favorite two lefties, which were, uh, pitcher Al lighter.
1: Uh, (laughs) wow. (laughs) (laughs) Don't fuck with lights, dude. All right.
2: Uh, Lights out. Another he was one...
1: has on a regular basis, and to hear him talk baseball is pure joy. It is.
3: My second one was was uh, Keith Keith Hernandez. Is
2: that Seinfeld
3: Keith Hernandez? <laughs> no, it's pre-Seinfeld. Because uh, I played growing up, you know, as a, as a left-handed kid, uh, you bought your, your only place you can really play is first base. So, um, yeah, I actually played my games with a – Keith Hernandez. First uh, baseman Mitt? Nope. Oh, okay. I, I put, my, I put his, uh, his baseball card in my glove. Oh, nice. In my first <laughs> baseman's glove. That thing was beat to hell by the end of the year. I've, I actually figured Bill Buckner would be on your crush you, <laughs> more. Girl,
1: you call that a man crush.
3: <laughs> um, my third one is so making me the only person to put a current player on there. Uh, it was Jacob DeGrom, just because he's phenomenal. I think he's a, a, the potential to have a latter career such as Maddox because of the way he's 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 mentally into the game.
1: i was just gonna say modern day Greg Maddox,
3: um, could with with a shortened season he could very easily run off his third straight Cy Young, um, with, a, yeah, with, with a seven and exactly. with a seven
1: and four record.
3: I watch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> with like a eight, a ERA. The neat thing is I was watching the 2015 game five of the NLDS Mets and uh, Mets and Dodgers. And it was one of those nights where DeGrom had, he didn't have, he just didn't have it. He couldn't find it, but he just couldn't find the zone couldn't stay in it, but he figured out. And this is the, this is the why I like to watch him so much because you can just watch him during the game. He's making adjustments. And a lot of pitchers will just keep trying it and keep trying it and keep trying it, um, even though it's not working. And DeGrom is a completely different. I mean, him, Scherzer, those guys are on just a different level. Yeah. Um, my last on my list of the Mets Mount Rushmore um, is David Wright, just because um, I got to watch him come up through the minor leagues, got to watch him break into the big leagues. And then he just became a, just a really class individual in the way that he represented the team, the town. Um, he was just just one of those guys.
1: He played for Tidewater.
3: He did, yes. North, well, it was Norfolk. Then.
1: Yeah. The Mets. Let me, ask, up. let me ask you this, and I mean no disrespect. <laughs> how how does a, a youngster in Hicks, Ohio, become a Mets fan?
2: It works out like... Because his dad, his dad liked the Yankees? Yes,
3: that's how it worked out. Now, I... um, This might have been like, I don't know, summer of maybe 85, 84, 85, somewhere in there. I asked my mom to get me a Yankees. You know, back then we used to wear the batting helmets with no ear flaps on them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I asked my mom to get... Or my, my aunt, somebody was going somewhere, I asked them, get me a Mets helmet. Well, they come home or the, get me a Yankees helmet, and she comes home with a Mets helmet. <laughs> <laughs> not going any, any different, right, because
1: it said NY?
3: Yeah, she, she didn't know any better, and I knew immediately, and I was like, whoa, what is this? Um, but it just kind of stuck with me. And back then, um, our local cable company, we got, um, I think it was Channel 9 out of, S- out of, out of Secaucus S- – S-Y-M. No, it, was, uh, Taconcus, New it York. was W-O-R is what it was. I love yeah, SN- okay. S-N-Y is the current, their current uh, okay. the willpower. Well, right. my bad. That's all right, Elvis, you're forgiven. But we used to get that, and I used to watch a lot of Mets <laughs> games. So as a kid, I was, I was able to watch. They weren't on as much as, like, the Cubs, but the Cubs were always on during the day back then.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
3: And the Braves, they didn't, I don't think TBS was quite shown as many Braves games, but it was just so cool to be able to watch. To watch that, so yes, that's how one becomes a Mets fan. Fair enough. What do you think? You think it was because I like cocaine or what?
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well, I'm asking, how in the world did you become a Knicks fan? And um,
3: well, they were they were good when you were a kid.
1: Oh, absolutely. I I, I saw the seventy one seventy three teams, uh, title winners, and. Uh, I just Watt Frazier and Earl of the Pearl Monroe were what a tandem. That's how. That's what got me going on them. But anyway, getting off beat here. No, so, but if
3: you think, but if you think about it,
1: think about people your
3: age, Lindsay. How many guys do you know are Celtics fans?
1: Exactly.
3: Right. So, <clears throat> all right. Well, let's go ahead and get to my overall Mount Rushmore, and I'm going to give you guys some hints and. Um, obviously I think one might've been a giveaway, but I'm going to try to make you guys guess who it was. Um, in 22 seasons, he had 2,558 walks. Do you 22 seasons, 22 seasons. between, between, <laughs> yeah. What, what year between 86 and 2007. It's bonds. It's gotta be bonds. It is bonds. Bonds was the reason that in Pony League, my first year, I wore the number 25.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> People forget how good he was with the...
0: Pot Pirates. With the Pirates. Yeah.
1: Pirates. coached by Jim Leland.
0: Yep. Yeah. Per- per- the
1: smoker. Perrysburg guy.
3: Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, I picked Bonds just because, I mean, even, I mean, leading up till... He still had – he had damn near a Hall of Fame career before going just fine. He did. Before he, did. he jumps from 49 home runs in 2000 to 73 in oh one.
1: Yeah, he didn't damn near. He did have a Hall of Fame career before he went off the rails. Well,
3: and think about it this way. The year – so in 98, when Sosa and McGuire were going ape shit, Bonds still had 37 dingers, 122 RBI, and 28 steals. Yeah,
0: he yeah, that game that part of his game kinda of went away with uh, everything else. But he could run, he could field it, he was he was he a
1: rocket for an arm. Was yeah. he the
0: original thirty and
1: thirty guy? Thirty steals, thirty I think he was. Then he went forty and forty, I think.
3: I'm trying to see here. I just look at his steals and see if he ever got forty steals after he got
1: his dad Can, uh, I know obviously. I think Kinseco is Can... the only forty forty guy. Yeah, Canseco, yeah. Kinseyko was yeah 44 Obviously, Cause... Bond's dad played in the bigs.
3: Yeah, yeah. My second, um, I'm trying to think of. I mean, he was just a joy to watch pitch and just uh, for a guy note five eleven one seventy one sixty one seventy, could fr- Tim Lincecum no, could freaking sling it. <laughs> um, ah. Uh, I'm trying to think of some more hints here. Okay, I'll give you a stat. Wagner. How about that? No, he's a righty. Righty? In 1997, his last year in Montreal, he had 13 complete games.
2: Oh, I know this. Martinez.
3: Exactly right. Pedro Martinez. Pedro? Yeah. Pedro, was. I loved watching him pitch. Uh, Even in his twilight career, he played uh, four seasons with the Mets. And you know he wasn't as good then. He wasn't. He wasn't the Pedro of what year did they? Yeah, what is it? Two thousand three when he won the Cy Young and the MVP. Yeah. Um, he was. He was good. Uh, so speaking of good pitchers, my number three. Uh, by the time his career was waning down, I was just starting to watch baseball. But uh, as an adult and watching games from the past and hearing and looking at the stats, and um, I couldn't put this. Mount Rushmore together without George Thomas Seaver. All right. Um, Lindsey probably saw him more than I did. Obviously, had to have. Um, but there's a reason that they that he's called the franchise, and that's because, um, he broke in with the Mets in '67. They weren't very good. Tom Seaver? Uh, yeah. Leading up to '69. Um, he was stuck. I'm looking at his stats. I mean, he. This is another guy who, who came through, came through the Mets and never threw a no hitter, uh, but I guess he had several, several one hitters. Um. Yeah. So Always Tom time. So I put Tom Seaver on mine. Um. <clears throat> I did have Ken Griffey Jr. on, but I had a feeling one of you guys would pick him, so I went with somebody different, and. Let me see if I can get some hints for you. Um, he switch hitter, my eyes, probably the best switch hitter of all time. Willie McGee (laughs) played his, played his entire, played his entire career with one team from 93 to 2012. Um, if anybody out there listening is a Mets fan, I know I'm probably going to get crucified for putting him on here. Um, uh, can I give you guys any other hints? Uh, yeah. You going to play 20 questions on this one? What uh, what division? NL East.
2: So he's he's probably a Mets, uh, so maybe a, a
3: Philly. That's wrong. Um, I hear crickets in the background. He was a Met. No, he was never a Met. Oh, was he a Yankee? He was not a Yankee.
1: NL East.
3: Oh, you said
2: NL? My bad. Um, and he was a switch switch hitter. hitter. Yeah, white guy, black guy. He white or he white Mexican. He white. Uh
3: what number do you wear? 10.
0: <laughs> Chipper
3: Jones. That's it. Ding 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 oh, ding 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 ding. That's ding. a
1: good call. Larry,
3: Larry. Chipper Jones. As Larry. as much as much as he just uh, I believe at one time I don't know I think Ryan Howard might have it now but at one time Chipper had the most home runs by a Mets opponent in his career against the Mets. So uh, I think Ryan Howard might have beat him out for it. Uh, ten, five, ten years ago, but um, yeah. So Hall what's of Famer. That? Oh, ab- yeah, absolutely I love mean, Chipper. He's a great um, ball player. Some names that I omitted that I wanted to put on, uh, were Mike Piazza. Was one Reuter, um, Re- Reuter. So there you have it. So I've got Bonds, <laughs> I've got Pedro, Tommy Seaver, and Chipper Jones.
2: One person I can't believe that nobody put on there, which I, did, Sandy Koufax. Ways did, did you ever get to watch him play? Yep, I sure did. Was cash he good? money. Straight cash, I mean,
1: homie. That's... Couldn't people couldn't hit him? They just couldn't hit the the Southpaw. The the, south ball.
2: the, Ju- the Jewish Southpaw. Exactly. Ball.
0: I mean, there's some other guys too that you can start to think about and and you just once you get into the 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 PED talk I mean like Roger Clemens I mean the Rocket was phenomenal
2: see that was my other guy I was going to put in the 80s you know and but I I, didn't. I went with all straight guys that never got in trouble yeah. to me when I think of
1: when I think of ball players I think of players from the 50s 60s and 70s yeah hence the four that I had on my rushmore
0: and,
3: and there's nothing wrong with that i mean I don't look at the I don't look at the steroid era any differently than I look at any other because playing within the I guess the within the rules. I mean, yes, it was probably frowned upon to do it and your your records are, you know, in, in my eyes Bonds's records are, I mean, they're his, but they're kind of shammy, but I mean I've never been one to to, to terribly look down on the steroid era. Basically, because it was within the rules. I mean, nobody because the players fought for it. The players fought. The players and the players' association always fought for no drug testing.
1: I kind of always felt the same way. Scott. I really did. I never got too worked up over it like everybody did. But can we agree that the hardest thing to do in sports is to hit a baseball? Oh, jeez. Yeah, you, if you hit
2: two seventy, 270, two seventy-five
3: to three hundred, you're a hall of mm-hmm. famer. I think that's you know, the, that, that's the that, that, hardest. That, that's the hardest athletic achievement in sports. I think probably the hardest anything in sports is to walk into a Super Bowl halftime locker room when your game plan that got you there isn't working, and having to change the whole thing up. Talking about New England over the Falcons. No, I'm just talking in general. <laughs>
2: I'm thinking he's talking the Patriots versus the Bears in '85. <laughs> that didn't work once. One iota. No, no, not at I'm all. Not, well, I'm
3: Steve. not thinking. No, nothing. Uh, nothing. Go ahead, Lance. Steve Grogan's still in the hospital.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he, oh, he's still. Was, was he the one with the big neck brace? Yeah. That's what I, uh, we, had a, he, we had a. We had nightmares. a nightmare.
3: Curtis and I had an episode of the of the Two Duder podcast on the eve of the Super Bowl. And we talked about the most, the earliest Super Bowls that you can like your first Super Bowl you remember watching,
0: and mine was the '85 or the '86 Super Bowl with the '85 Bears. That was mine too. Uh, that was my first one that I remember just gluing in and watching. Dominant. Yeah. But you know, uh, this, this this is this is good conversation talking about you know this, especially baseball, because uh. uh back to the Mount Rushmore talk where baseball just, number one, because it can, it, you know, transcends through all these years. And you think about all the great ball players, you know, from the fifties and the sixties. And then, you know, you throw in the area, the era that we were close to and, and, and watched a lot of baseball and then you could, you could pick 10 guys from there. And it's, um, it, it's good to hear those, those different, different names thrown out there by you guys. So I, I thought this was pretty yeah. good. Oh, and and one, one other one other thing I think of, it kind of shaped all of our
2: lives. Oh, for sure. It, it was Absolutely. for sure. It was, it, it's the easiest sport, you know, other than basketball, but it's the easiest sport. Hey, we, we got, you know, seven, eight guys. Let's go shag some flies or, you know, play a four-on-four
1: game. Not many, go down many the park. kids in the current generation, maybe even kids in their, uh, oh, I don't know where it breaks off but don't realize how big baseball how influential it was in all our lives especially growing up we'd live for it man
2: yeah I said we
1: could could name lineups i could still name the 68 tigers world series champion lineup and most of their pitching staff
0: uh and i and i've always contested this and, and it's a little bit different now um obviously with everything that with that people can play in other sports with you know aau basketball and all this other stuff but the, you know baseball was really the first team or a, event that we got to play that's so, correct yeah yeah, yeah. All know, the yep
2: T- so it, t-ball yeah i
0: mean it was the first it was the first thing that we got to get ourselves into uh playing little league and t-ball and all those other things so i mean that was a lot of people's first love is it's true well, it was playing baseball it's true
3: dougie you play dougie, I, you play t-ball
0: we didn't. When I was growing up, we didn't have T-ball, so Elvis, we, Elvis, we this Pee- Elvis and I tested out of it. Pee- anyway, <laughs> yeah, we jumped right into Pee Wee League. Yeah, so we did not. There was no yeah. T-ball at that time. We just went Pee Wee to uh, Little League. Yeah. Yep.
3: And we didn't. And Elvis and I didn't have major and minor, where the nine and tens play against each other, and the elevens and twelves. Oh yeah. hell no, hell no. Because no. if that would have happened, no. if
1: we would have had that when I played, Elvis and I would have never played against each other. I think yeah. to this day, yeah. I think Hixson is the only community still playing nine, nine through twelve together. Do they do
2: that? Because well, they stopped doing it they, for a while. They, they did. They did do about three years of they, they, of nine and ten, ver- and then eleven and twelve. But they went back. But yeah, they went back to
3: it. I don't think I would have been prepared for the next level had I played that against my own peers. You know, instead of having to play against Elvis and all the big kids on the other teams. You know, because we played against some bad sons of bitches. That's all I know.
2: And one thing I know that prepared me really well from going from Pee Wee to Little League, I was the number one overall pick in the 1985 Little League draft. (laughs) You got a card made up for that? Which was one of the highlights of my life. (laughs) But but the other thing is I can remember, you know, getting Scroat and Curtis and we'd go down to the park at, nine nine o'clock in the morning and not get home till seven o'clock at night play play baseball all day well
3: we may have made a pit stop to check out the chicks at the pool Elvis so (laughs) yeah yeah, we we might might have did that a little
2: bit I can tell you without a doubt we did Elvis (laughs) Elvis did you play for the same
1: team your dad did
2: um no no but little league I'm um, pretty sure
1: your dad was a rotary rat yeah, they were. Yes.
2: Dad played for Rotary and my dad took over uh dotco okay. when uh when I came from Pee Wee to Little League. Um I can't remember who the heck was coaching dotco at the time. But they uh they were a newer newer uh team in the league and dad had to change up all the colors and everything because they went from they weren't called daco they were called something else and then dad got daco and to sponsor in the team for him i
1: played little league it was coached by legends across the board how about names like stan pokraski bud altman your grandpa bob bailey nub keys jack shock yeah um i'm missing a couple just legendary baseball guys uh i believe mr Battershow coached for a while and that's what we did we played baseball
2: that's that's all you did. Again, um, and then
1: we can move on. When I played my career was sixty-six through sixty nine. We had one field in Hicksville. We played a twenty game schedule, guys, and we played into August.
0: Oh boy. Because we did yeah. we
1: didn't start till June and we played into August 20 game schedule and it was awesome. There was no Hicksville limitation, no Edgerton limitation. We put a one all-star team together and went to Maumee every year for the Little League World Series deal. And uh God, those were the just the best days. Just the best days. They were
2: I still think that my eleven and twelve year old team, we might have won the we might have made it to freaking Pennsylvania and won it all. But we weren't sanctioned in the Low League World Series though.
0: Yeah, that's what we, we have to do now.
1: We'd get patches sewn on our uniforms. I can remember Rex Glore made the All Star team. He played for Legion. And he tells this story that one of the happiest days of his life. Rex was a big boy even in little league and legion. They just didn't have a uniform to fit him. I mean the the pants to <laughs> the pants that he wore for legion barely went below his knee. He says I was okay, so yeah, happy man. when the all stars came and my dad threw a uniform at him that fit. <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
2: Nope, those were the days, boys. Those were. Best memories were. we have.
3: Fun times, man. So there's, our, there's our, all of our Mount Rushmores. Um, feel free to hit us, Boston. I know you're going to hit us with something. Um, I took the time <laughs> because, because Curtis was going to be here, but uh, he had something pop up and couldn't make it. Uh, I went ahead and scratched out who I believe would be his baseball Mount Rushmore, being the baseball aficionado that Curtis is, um, I started off with who I believe is probably his favorite player of all time, and that would be the Big Mac himself, Mark McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you guys, Curtis was all about Big Mac that year. He went deep seventy times. I mean, he yeah, Curtis was a big Mark McGuire fan. Um, hey, back
2: back then, I think Curtis. Could Curtis eat a Big Mac every time you hit one? <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to ask him. So, sorry, Tess. I didn't mean to say that.
3: Uh, my yes, second goodness. my second on Curtis's Mutt Rushmore would be Daryl Strawberry. <laughs> and the third would be Doc Gooden. Now, when we were kids, we were both Mets fans, and we would throw wiffle balls in the backyard, and I was Doc Gooden, and he was Daryl Strawberry.
1: I love it. That's I good. Love it. I love it. Um,
3: <laughs> the fourth one I put on here because every year he, uh, it seems like every year he on, on this person's day, uh, he makes sure to shoot me a text and tell me happy Bobby Bonilla day. What's that
0: lens?
1: They still paying him.
0: They're still paying. That yeah. Contract. I think they've got, Guess I think what?
3: they've got one or two more years left on it. Guess
1: what? The maybe the greatest contract of all time. You don't – there are a lot more just like it out there too. Well, I think Walter Payton's last contract was a million a year for life. I'm not positive on that. Guys, wait and
3: see. Wait and see what happens to the, to the Washington Nationals. They've got so much money backloaded on these guys' contracts that they're going to have to do the same thing to buy them out, is to pay them – basically, it's an annuity – that they get principal and interest annually, so it got him a ring, though, huh? Who? Oh, Washington. Yeah, yeah No shit. Yeah, got him a ring. I <laughs> liked Bobby Bonilla when he first came when he first came to play for the Mets, but yeah, he was kind of a dumpster fire.
1: Hey, one last <laughs> thing, because we could go on forever. I patterned my batting stance after Al Kaline. You guys obviously did stuff like that too, because you're telling them oh, all. Yeah. You and Curtis were pretending you were those guys in the backyard. I tried to have my batting stance to be like Al Kaline, and then my, when mine I got it,
2: then when I got no softball,
1: I tried to be Pete Rose and uh, even old enough to know better. But they just had such influence on us.
2: Yeah, for sure. And Andre Dawson here,
0: the hawk, baby, the hawk. Love it. Wow.
2: Then then I. Ha- then, then playing softball is the Sammy Hop when you hit one out. <laughs> yeah, you did yeah. have the
3: Sammy Hop. Yes, you did. <laughs> then, then
2: you look into the camera and blow kisses.
3: You might be you. You'd be surprised, Elvis. But I think I've got an old VHS tape of a game of ours, and I, if I remember watching it. You had a a bit of a Sammy Sosa then too. <laughs> I, I might have. Hey, pre, let
2: me pre Sammy.
1: Off, let me go off the rail. Our listeners can't enjoy this, but. How about the pictures I sent you, boys, of uh, my cameraman?
0: <laughs> yes, on perfect. The, A- on the court. Absolutely. The he
1: was on the court after the game, camera rolling, interviewing people, and then <laughs> he goes up the ladder. I, when I found them pictures, I'm like, this is gold, man. <laughs> that was absolutely
0: great. And to top of it all off, there's Curtis in the background. Yep, yep, screaming at him. That Cheering was- him on, baby. <laughs> he was. He was. Oh. hey
2: they were they were they were duters before they even knew it yes sir
0: yes sir
3: (laughs) (laughs) i was surprised i was wearing slacks that was uh oh you look
0: slick
1: well yeah well then the
0: following game (laughs) for the
1: time the following game when we go to district (laughs) he wore a a suit oh yes that's what i wish we had a picture of yes
0: if so I remember correctly, correct. like, that was just
2: like
3: Pat Riley. Like, that mm-hmm. was uncomfortable. I remember spraying a shit ton of hairspray in my hair and <laughs> slicking it back.
1: It and took that's me how a while I to, did. Took me a while to focus after seeing Robbie show up like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'm
3: not mistaken, I don't think I was supposed to be recording. I don't think I was supposed to be doing any tournament games because you know I was going to be the guy in the front row getting the fans going, and yeah. and at the last minute the in the, in the sectional semifinal at the last minute, Lindsay calls me on Saturday afternoon. Hey, Tommy bailed. Can you, can you film the game? Yep. Hell yeah. I can film the game. Yep. <laughs> let, let me finish off this 12 pack of natty light real fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that are warm. We had a lot of good times. We had a lot of good. I, oh, I almost felt, I almost felt like all the other coaches thought I was his kid or something. Cause I just, I'm everywhere. Lindsay goes, I'm following him. He was there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: At least three out of the four Sundays uh, a month, he's at my house and basically helping me game plan.
0: Watching uh,
1: Beavis and Butthead.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's good stuff. Yeah. Hey,
2: wait till... (laughs) Wait till Tuesday. I'm gonna help Doug at point. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you you see me. You see me walk into that gymnasium. Basketballs are gonna stop bouncing. He'll be he'll he'll be the guy walking
3: stiff legged with a ace yeah. bandage around his hamstring. I want him to show, I wanted to
1: show up like Jim Carrey and the Cable Guy. <laughs> White socks up his knees, headband, mouthpiece. Mouthpiece, doing yeah. doing lines, running yeah, yeah, running lines. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Prison, prison rules, prison rules. Oh, we're
3: playing Prison Rules, huh? I watched. I did. I watched that movie about a week or two ago. You know
1: what? <laughs> I, I like the cable guy. He never I got any it. respect. I always got a kick out of it.
3: I loved it. What a psycho! I loved it. Yeah, very much, very much a psycho indeed. So now that we've got on the topic of movies, we've got some business to take care of. Um, this tournament seems to have dragged on quite a while. Do you guys think that's true or? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Are you guys joking or are you being serious? No, we're we're good. good. Okay. We are at the final, is we at the final? Yeah. We're at the final four of the Duder podcast sports movie tournament. Um, and we're not going to waste any time. We're going to get right into it. Uh, just three, just three outs tonight, so uh, no need to really uh, worry about me voting. Uh, first matchup, and I, both of these two have these two movies have been on TV in the last week, um, actually, within the last few days. Uh, Hoosiers against The Sandlot,
1: Whew. classic matchup here, huh?
2: I this is a t- this is a tough final I know four. This is a votes, tough
0: I know where two of the votes are going. Yeah. I'm going I'm going I'm going Hoosier's. no, no doubt. I'm, One of my favorites of all time. Here's without a without a doubt.
3: We are gonna get the clean sweep screw. Wow. Hoosier's here. See, I just I I like saying I I'm 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 a little more uh preferable to Funny movies, you know, and don't get me wrong, I don't mind serious movies, but The Sandlot, every time I watch it, I laugh my ass off (laughs) because watching that, watching, watching Ham Porter, the fat kid, when they get to the pool, walking by and everybody, his buddies all jump in, he's walking by, (laughs) waving at the ladies. Uh, Oh, yeah. Just, just great, great movie. All right. So Hoosiers moves on. The next matchup features Rudy versus
0: Rocky 4. Oh boy. The Irish versus the Russian, right? Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I Rocky 4 is is in in my opinion the best of the Rockies. Um it, it's really good. It's uh um uh, uh. But I'm going to go. I'm going Rudy just because of my love of football, honestly. um, That's where I'm going. And uh, so I'm going with Rudy.
2: Weez, you want to go? You want me to go?
0: Go ahead, pal.
2: Dougie Billman. I think the greatest movie of all time is Rocky Four. Ooh. It's a movie that. I don't know. Just American.
3: It's right. Yes, sir. Of the Rockies, That's... it's the one I could probably watch more more often than the others.
2: Sorry, Liz. No, it's okay. You got you a tiebreaker. Had to have a little drama tonight.
1: Well pretty easy one for me. I'm I'm uh a sap for true stories. And uh that's why I got to go with Rudy. It's, just, it's, it's a great story. And Rocky's awesome. But... Wait a
2: minute. Rocky Rocky wasn't a true story? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I got to go with Rudy. All right.
3: Respect it. So there it is. Hoosiers and Rudy. Uh, I'll be honest with you guys. I did. I, I, this is a a final matchup that I did expect you guys to come up with. Uh, it's been nice that I haven't had to break too many ties. Um, so I don't want to F your guys' tournament up too badly here, but there it is. Hoosiers versus Rudy in the finals. Any comments guys? It's
2: going to be a tough one.
0: It's going to be tough. Two classic movies there for sure. Yeah, that's, uh, I could um, see eight. if Curtis is with us.
1: If if all of us are able to be on the next one, I could see it going to a tiebreaker scroll. So you better not, yeah,
0: <laughs> <down>. yeah, you-,
3: <laughs> <laughs> you sons of bitches,
2: yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs>
0: that would be that would be the topper. That, that's the way it should be decided.
2: Yep, <laughs> the host has to be the
3: the last say.
0: I don't nope. hate
2: it,
3: but the The point of this tournament was because I got trashed so badly on my music tournament that I wanted to do a tournament where you guys chose, so that way you guys are getting your asses ridden like um, Zoro,
1: not me.
2: <laughs> you, know, you You know, we won't get trashed.
1: Well, and obviously you went to the your songs and then to the movies because there's just not enough contact out there, content out there in the sports world. And uh, for now, it's for been now, though. fun, and I have opinions on what we're going to see with what the pros are trying to do and coming up to football season. But, I didn't uh,
3: think that there was a snowball's chance in hell that the players and the owners could come to an agreement on anything baseball. Well, I, I, didn't, I didn't think the MLB could, could do it.
1: I didn't, I didn't part, think so either. The easy part is coming up with the dates we're going to start. Yeah. But when you give NBA players a 100-page pamphlet on how the do's and don'ts of COVID, and you tell me baseball players can't spit, chew seeds, and tobacco, put it this way. I don't see it happening, boys.
2: It's going to be tough.
1: I'm willing to bet that there's no World Series. I just don't think it's going to happen. Matter of fact, if I was MLB and NBA, I'd pull the plug. And just sit back and watch the NFL try to navigate because it's going to be very, very hard. And if you turn the TV on, it might be as bad around the country right now as it was back in March and April.
3: Now, I have seen I have seen that the is the the NBA has given the players uh, the ability to to opt out
1: of this. Yes. 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 Well, Florida and Texas shut down all the bars yesterday. Yeah, it's a hot spot now. The Miami shutting down the beaches. And those are the two big states along with Arizona now. So let's send the WNBA and the NBA to Florida. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Orlando's one of the hot spots. It's just it's just I don't think it's gonna work. I don't think it's gonna happen. I get it, I respect they're trying, but that's just my opinion. I, I just I I don't see how you're gonna do it. And I see where Sean McVeigh, who's one of the respected coaches in the league, came out a week ago and said he doesn't he doesn't understand how they're gonna play football in social distance. Yeah. Yep. Well, what's the Clemson team
0: up to? Like 35
1: players
2: now or something?
0: I said they, that... they, they had 23 and then they added another 13. Yeah. You know,
2: and hell, they're just
1: doing summer workouts, aren't they? Yeah. University of Houston shut their facilities down. Boise State shut their facilities down. So what's happening is what I told my wife was going to happen. And there's no big uh, Nostradamus on my part. But I said, you cannot tell me when these teams start getting together. Case after case isn't going to happen, and COVID's just going to blow up in these locker rooms, and that's what's happening. Tigers had a hand. There's like three or four Major League Baseball teams had a handful of guys test and 5% of the NBA players, they tested the 20 teams uh, this week, and 5% of them tested positive. Unbelievable. Some of these guys have tested positive. Going to quarantine for 14 days and then go to Orlando, I'd be skeptical of wanting to be around them. I mean, this is something to mess with, especially when you're older. 125,000 dead, 79% of them are 65 and older. Yeah. And now I saw where the numbers are showing here in the last month. I think the highest age group might be 20 to 49 now. So it's some scary stuff, and I don't want any part of it. In yeah. fact, I see how the tests work. That makes me want to stay home.
2: Yeah. Shoving that thing the all, way up her,
1: all the way up her nostril. Well, so my wife calls me a sissy, a baby, a pussy because she's had it done. Matter of fact, she was in a class and she volunteered to have it done on her 20, 25, 30 years ago. And I never heard of this, guys. And Gubernath got sick in January and uh, had the flu. And when he got back into action, he's telling me, yeah, they shoved this stick up my nose and about come through the back of my head. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He said they had to test me for influenza A or B. And I'm like, I've never heard of such a thing.
2: Yeah, my, my son had that done. They stuck <sighs> the swab all the way up it. and He about <sighs> flipped a wig.
1: Well, Scotty is in uh, surgeries in Fort Wayne. Yeah, and uh, COVID hit somewhere in uh, his group. He not only had to do it, he had to do it to himself, both nostrils. Oh gosh, I can't do it. I don't care. You call me whatever you want. I can't do it. Get me about, get me about half sick just thinking about it.
3: If you go back,
1: go ahead. I get on my wife because she's the medical person. I'm like, it's 2020. Can't you people come up with something better? Yeah. like I know the Lakers did the nose swab they did a throat swab and they had to uh give blood um I so I'm going to assume all the teams had to do that and furthermore if they're going to make this work they got to be tested multiple times a week who wants to have that done multiple times a week guys exactly like, not me I don't care how tough I don't care how tough hockey players are who wants that you know if you go say back, we, we
2: be- We've been out of sports for, we've been out of sports for what? Five months
1: now, March 10th, Dougie.
2: And we're, we're doing, we're doing good now. I can wait another six, seven months.
3: This started up and next spring and I'll be happy. If you go back and listen to our older podcasts, you'll hear that late November around Thanksgiving time. I think I got sick And I had a nagging-ass cough that wouldn't go away. And if you you could probably go into, like, January, and I'm still coughing. Now, I didn't go to the doctor because I don't go to the doctor. I try to take care of it with natural remedies or I go the health food store route. So
1: I think I I had it. There's Um, some thinking out there, Rob, that you're right, that people were contacting before we knew it had arrived here. Yeah, and being yeah. being at your age and in reasonably good health, he was able to survive it. But you're saying you still have that cough?
3: No, but if you go back to our podcast, I think up up through January, maybe to the end of January, I finally kicked it. But You can hear me coughing in the background. I'm dying. I mean, it was it was pretty bad.
1: Well, I um, watched enough of the stuff on TV to say these people are dying horrible deaths, and it's it's I don't. I don't want to mess with it, man. I'm still, yeah. My wife and I are still uh, ultimately respecting uh, what's going on.
3: I don't wear a mask. Um, I probably should at times. Now, at my old job, going into a lot of the factories, they required us to wear them, um, but they were pretty liberal about it. But the mask thing is incredibly uncomfortable. I try to not. If, if if I have to wear a mask, I just don't go in. That's kind of the way I run it. But Well, that's going to uh kind of wrap us up. I do have some news on the podcast front. We now have an email address. So step two towards world dominance uh, <laughs> is getting an email address. We have a podcast. We now have an email address and that is duterpodcast at gmail dot com. Funny oh yeah. Funny story has to how this came up was that um I've been wanting to watch the Dan Patrick show on YouTube in the morning and I see they've got this chat thing over here. I'm like, dude, I got to get in on this. Well, I, have, uh, I didn't have a, uh, a Gmail or anything account to log in, so I had to create one. I thought, well, this is the perfect time to throw, to throw a Duder podcast email account together. So now, folks, you can reach us by individually on Twitter is usually about the best way. Facebook, uh, Instagram, whatever else the other guys are on. I am on TikTok. I don't use it, but uh, you can find me a scrotopotamus. Um, <laughs> well done. I may dude. have well done. Yeah, you know, I'm always trying to always trying to rep the pod. Uh, if you're listening to us on Apple Apple Podcasts, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We would love a five star review. Uh, we would love a review. So, folks, anybody, anybody other than Dave Blue, please,
0: (laughs) please give us a
3: review. We love you, Dave, but we want to hear from somebody else because Elvis is getting all this attention when he goes to – Elvis has called me like the last three Fridays. He's went to graduation parties, and he's like, they love us. They love us. Well – hey, And Dab was that book.
2: And all, he was at almost every graduation party I was at. Awesome. Who's getting, who getting
3: more attention, you or him?
2: Oh, me, of course. But let me tell you something. He's got some wild hair and a sweet foo man shoe and some some side chops going.
1: He I looks good. Yeah,
3: he's letting it go. Does he look like an almond
1: brother or what? He looks like yeah, a syrup killer.
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs>
3: I think a mix of both of them.
1: That's great
3: well that'll wrap it up for this installment of the the Deuter podcast. Thanks to the guys for being here. Uh, thanks to all of our listeners for being patient uh, as we took a little bit of a break uh, Plan to be back at it next week finals of the Deuter podcast uh, sports movie tournament and another another session of Ask the Beatets if you've got something uh, I'll tweet out the link to leave us a message if you If you leave us a message, I'll play it. Ask Elvis. He's done it, and I did it. So this is Beats signing off from the Beat's Lab. You've been listening to the Duder Podcast.
4: the challenge all you gotta do is leave it better than you found it it's gonna get difficult to stand but hold your balance i just say whatever cause there is no way you around it everyone